convention last week, and uh, there were many of us here in this room that were there for most or all of the sessions and the night services. So I want to say a few things about that. Um, I was telling Brother Dean this morning, the ones I know from experience, the ones that work the hardest are the chaperones because they are responsible for children for 24 hours of the day that you are at youth convention. And uh, so thank you, especially to our chaperones, uh, Brother Jared and Sister Elena, they were there. They, <laughs> my son Callum, he stayed in the room with me, but half that time he was in the room with Brother Jared and the young men that Brother Jared was chaperoning, including Brother Peanut, who, who everybody wanted to meet. He told me before he went there, he said, I want to shake everybody's hand. <laughs> and I think he got pretty close. But I also heard there were people that were wanting to meet him. <laughs> so it was a wonderful time. Um, Brother Jared and Sister Elena, would you just come up here for a moment? This is a gift from Life Church to you for the hard work and sacrifice that you did. Thank you. Thank you so much for doing that. Brother Hart was there a good amount of the time. And thank you, Brother Hart, for being there as well. I don't have a gift for you except thank you. But thank you. And those uh, others that were here. I was looking back at the numbers. Um, in case you, you don't know or you're wondering what is this youth convention they're talking about. It's for the whole state of Washington. And it's all of the youth age, young people that were there. We had, I don't know the exact numbers, but I would guess somewhere in the neighborhood of 400 people that were there in total for the duration of the week. Uh, and most of the day and night sessions. Um, we had, uh, from all of the Life Church congregations, we had, um, I believe my number was 19 of our young people from our three different congregations and six, at least six, chaperones, um, plus many others. At most of the sessions, there was, and especially in the night services, there's probably more like 50 people from all of our Life Church congregations together. So it's always a good time when we get to fellowship with them but what was has really been striking me is that we didn't all just attend there were as I already mentioned some chaperones and and many did double duty like sister Elena she was also part of the media team there and brother Hart was a part of the media team and brother Hart taught one of the day sessions as well and then also out of the uh, other life church congregations we had other members of the media team we had our uh, sound men working, as they always do, very capably. We had uh, myself. I, my role is just getting less and less, and I'm thankful for that, um, for what the Lord is doing. But there, there, are just, there are so many talented and anointed and willing vessels throughout Life Church. Brother Ethan was a part of the praise team. Uh, and just everywhere you looked in ministry, you saw faces of Life Church, and I'm appreciative of that, and, and I am uh, honored, and, and it's a privilege that we get to participate and minister that way. So thankful for that. Amen. Why don't you stand one more time, shake somebody's hand. If you see a visitor, introduce yourself, say it's good to see them. We're going to dismiss our children and our young people to their classes upstairs. We have a youth class today as well. So we'll let that happen. Amen. Amen.
Wonderful to have all of your, our visitors with us today. Amen. It's good to have Vanessa's daughter with us today and family. Glad that you are here. And all of our others, good to see you here today. Amen. I'm excited about what the Lord is doing. You can be seated. I'm excited about what the Lord is doing in our vicinity. It's, sometimes it's, it's, it's a good reminder when you go to a, a, a statewide or regional event. When you, it's good to get to go to those things, but it also helps you get the perspective of what God is doing in your congregation in your youth group, in your worship team, in your church, your family, your house. It's good to see those things and then, and then know everything I'm receiving here is for a purpose and God's going to use this. Amen. I'd like to read uh, a couple of scriptures here. If you will turn with me to the book of 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 19. 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 19. I know there were others that wanted to go to youth convention that just didn't get to go, and I'm aware of that. Maybe next year we'll get to do more, Lord willing. 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 19. While you're turning there, or once you're there, would you just pray with me? Lord, I thank you for your presence that we feel here today. I'm thankful, God, for your spirit that is in this house. I'm thankful that we get to fellowship with you, Lord Jesus. I pray that you would speak your word to us, God. We long for your anointing, your wisdom, your direction, Lord. We speak it in Jesus' name. We thank you, God. Amen. 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 19. It says, What know ye not that your body is the temple of the Holy Ghost, which is in you? Look at somebody and say, what? what? Say, what? Okay. That's what the Apostle Paul says here, 1 Corinthians 6, 19. What? Know ye not that your body is the temple? Oh, it's almost like he's saying, how can you not know this? You get the Holy Ghost. You get the Spirit of God living inside you. And how, do you, how would you, somebody not know that? The thing inside you lives and dwells there. That means what it's dwelling in is its temple, its house, its dwelling place. Your, everybody say, my body. My body is the temple of the Holy Ghost, which is in me. And it says, which you have, not, which you have of God, and you are not your own. Ye are not your own. Say, I don't belong to myself. This is a principle that will change a person's life in many ways. When they start to learn and realize, I don't control myself. I'm not in charge of me. I don't call the shots. I am not my own. Verse 20, it says, For you are bought with a price. This is how... We know this is how we can say we're not our own. We are bought with a price. Somebody bought you. Do you know that? Somebody bought you. Jesus Christ did. You are bought with a price. Therefore, glorify God in your body and in your spirit, which are God's. My body and my spirit are God's. That's what the scripture says. My body is God's. My spirit is God's. 
Let me, let me give you a little example here for a moment. We mentioned youth convention, and we had chaperones take children, young people, to youth convention that were not their children. That's always a fun dynamic. It's almost like you got to be dad for a day. Isn't that right, Brother Jared? And I don't mean like you, you were able to. I mean like you have to be. It's a privilege and an honor, right? But it's a responsibility. These are not my children. These are not my own. I don't know how you do it at your house. I don't know what you do, how you're allowed to act and say and talk and eat. Boy, they eat. <laughs> it's really funny because a lot of the time, especially as they get a little older, you start to realize I don't think every day you're just sent out the house with $50 or $70 or $100 and said, get what you need to get, <laughs> buy what you need to buy, and if there's a little something you can, because all of a sudden you got these little young people running around saying, I got this much, how much you got? I got, okay, cool, I got this, I'm going to get that, and I'm going to get that, I'm going to get that, I'm going to get that. <laughs> and then it's, the, I, I know, I feel like I'm doing chaperone class after youth convention, which is about the least productive thing we could do. But I'm going to share some experiences with you. Because it's like you got to go and say, hang on, young man, young lady. You can't blow all your money on the first night because you really like the cheeseburgers. <laughs> this has got to last. <laughs> You, you got you to be responsible. Everybody say responsible. That's, that's the same depiction of my life with the Lord. Ah, I got all this great stuff, and I want to do, and I want to go, and I want to partake, and I want to participate, and I wish I could just go and do all this stuff. And the Lord's saying, no, you got to be responsible. If I am the Lord over you, then I'm going to help you be responsible. This is how we do things where I come from. <laughs> That's a great place to come from. My, my body and my spirit are God's. You are not your own. Go to 2 Timothy chapter 2, verse 20, if you will. 2 Timothy chapter 2, verse 20. Say it again, I am not my own. But in a great house, there are not only vessels of gold and of silver, but also of wood and of earth, and some to honor and some to dishonor. If a man therefore purge himself from these, he shall be a vessel unto honor, sanctified and meet. Everybody say meet. This word meat is a key word that I'm feeling from the Lord today. Meat for the master's use. That doesn't mean like meat like, you know, beef or, or chicken, not that kind of meat. Meat like M-E-E-T, which means good for, ready for, useful. That's what it means. And not just useful, but easy to use. There's a difference in being useful and being easy to use. Some of you probably tried to open packages and you think, why in the world would they? It says easy open package and it's taken me five minutes and I'm still not in here. This is not very useful. Easy to use. It's not just use. Yeah, it's going to be great once I get it operative, but I can't figure the thing out. We got to be Easy to use. It doesn't matter how useful you are in the kingdom of God if you're not available to be used. Hear me. We, we want to look at our lives and say, well, I can do this for the Lord and I can do that and the Lord can do this through me. And man, I, I, I'm, I'm really good at all the things the Lord wants to do through me, so I must be growing as a Christian. I must be learning. I must be getting into the will of God. You only are if you are available 
to be used. I've heard it said many times, the best ability is availability. Brother Matt, I appreciate you. Availability to play the drums for us week in and week out. It would be a sad thing if we had an awesome, gifted, anointed drummer, but he was only here maybe once every three weeks or maybe every few months he shows up again and, whoo, we're get, we get to have drums today. No, he's available. The, the talents, the giftings, all that's there, and it's wonderful, but if it was not available, it wouldn't matter. I know we don't all play the drums like Brother Matt, but the Lord has gifted all of us with things He wants to use for His service, for His kingdom. And He's looking and He's saying, Oh, I wish I, wish I had a Brother Troy right now. I wish I had a Brother Vance right now. I wish I had a Brother Anthony right now. Lord, I'm available for Your use. I'm available for your service. All the talent in the world is meaningless if the talent giver cannot access those talents. He's the talent giver. He gave you everything you got. And it is his. It belongs to him. My body, my spirit, and everything that goes along with it belongs to him I'm bought with a price so it says meet for the master's use and prepared everybody say prepared, prepared. unto every good work this word prepared so meat is available and easy to use prepared means Ready to use. There is a, it says in, in the, the definition of that word, there was an oriental custom. And this is what the word the Holy Ghost used for prepared. The custom was anytime the king was getting ready to travel somewhere outside of his own kingdom, maybe he's visiting the neighboring kingdom, maybe he's visiting wherever, there would be a crew that would go before him and make sure that the way he's going is prepared. He, he's not going to walk, I promise you. He's going to be riding something. Probably something with wheels. Yes, they even had wheels back then. Chariots. He's going to probably have a convoy of all the things that come along with the king. And he says, this time next week, I'm going to be visiting over there. And the crew would get ready and say, we have to prepare the way of the king. So here it's, this is talking about me. Say, it's talking about me. I have to be one who is a vessel, meet for the master's use, and prepared for every good work. It's a, it's a very common thing for us to pray, Lord, use me. Lord, I'm available. I want to be used by you. Do great things through my life. But praying that is great, but be ready for the preparation that comes as an answer to that prayer. Lord, use me to reach all of the Philippines. All of them. Every single one. All right, you know what? I'm going to need you to learn to speak at least a little bit of their language. Wait, no, no, no. I mean, just do, just do the, you do all the work. And I'll, and I'll preach and I'll take the offerings. <laughs> but the preparation, no, I'm not really interested in that. Well, all right, if you're going to go, you're going to need to Check out your wardrobe. You're going to need to maybe buy a new suitcase. No, I don't got the money in the budget for a new suitcase. Save whatever you got to do. No, uh, I'm not prepared for that. This is what happens. I'm, if I pray to the Lord, use me, 
And then his response to the prayer is, all right, I'm going to use you and I'm going to start by preparing you. You want the king to work through you? Prepare the way for the king. Be a vessel unto honor, as the scripture says. We, we sing a song back in the day, Lord, prepare me to be a sanctuary. Pure and holy, tried and true. You know that song. That's what I'm talking about today. Lord, prepare me. We were having a fun discussion with my children last night. Fun in the in the most sarcastic sense because it was, it, it was a discussion that was really a, uh, a preparing, a setting of some rules, setting of some guidelines and some expectations. And yes, it was a discussion around trying to establish some rules and guidelines. And my wife goes and she grabs a book. My wife's a reader and I'm appreciative of the fact that she's a reader. And uh, first when she stood up, I thought, wait, this is an odd time to leave this discussion. <laughs> and she comes back with this book and she says, I want you kids to hear this. Now, I'm not going to read through a lot of what she shared, but there were principles here that are along the lines of what we're talking about today. And the first one, it tags right along with something I heard ministered uh, several years ago, and it's this term, consistent discipline. Everybody say, consistent discipline. Discipline is no good if it's not consistent. And consistency is no good if it's not disciplined. Man, I get a... I had to check myself there. I don't want to hurt anybody's feelings. I get a Big Mac every day. I'm consistent. Sometimes two, three, four, five. I am consistent. They know me. Well, the, you got the consistency down. Now let's work on the discipline. Or you flip side that. I got the discipline. I can go 48 hours. Only water and prayer. I am disciplined. All right, great. But when you get to day three and you fall off the wagon and you're not just coming back down to reality, you're going into the pits of sin. You got some discipline, that's great, but now you need to get some consistency. You see what I'm saying? We need consistent discipline. Everybody say habits. Habits are how you develop consistent discipline. If it is my habit to wake up and grab the Twinkies from the box, well, I need to work on some habits. If it's my habit to wake up and realize, Lord, this is another day you've given me. Thank you for it. That's a good habit. It's a great start. Developing those habits are important. It leads to consistent, dis consistent discipline. And let me add, add this. Habits that aren't practiced at home will only bring confusion. If the habit is, I'm going to put this back in the, in the parenting and family context for a minute. If the habit is, Children, every time we go to church, you better behave. I expect you to sit up straight, act right. But when you get home, just do whatever you need to do. Don't bother me. There's the habit. We're trying to develop the habit. But if it's not there at home, it brings confusion. You see what I'm saying? And the enemy loves confusion. He works his best in confusion. 
When all he has to do is raise little questions here and there. How can we do this like here, but we don't do it here? Or why are we this way here and that way there? I'm confused. The enemy loves confusion. He works his best there. Habits that aren't practiced at home will only bring confusion. <laughs> if your children can't sit for five minutes quietly at home, don't expect them to sit for 15 or 30 or 45 minutes quietly at the dentist office. You see what I'm saying? Habits. Everybody say habits. Now we're going to go from habits to this thing called temperance. It's a fruit of the Spirit. You ever heard that? Galatians chapter 5, the fruits of the Spirit. So I need the Lord's help with this one. I need his help with the habits too, but he's probably not going to be like, you know, Johnny on the spot the way I, Lord, you didn't stop me from having the Twinkie again today. So I guess you didn't need my, you, I didn't need your help. No, he's waiting to see, are you going to develop the habit? But when I get into temperance, and this, another term for temperance is self-control. When I get into the, the area of self-control, I need the Holy Ghost. People that have, have self-control without the Holy Ghost kind of weird me out. If I'm being honest, how did you get there? How do, how, how do you have so much self-control and you don't even have the Lord's help with it? Something seems wrong about that to me. I need every bit of the Holy Ghost to practice self-control and temperance. I want to read you just a, a few passages here. Keeping control of oneself is, a, is exemplified by being unaffected by small annoyances. Little things. Everybody say little things. I, 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 I taught one uh, day session to the 16 to 18 year olds there at youth convention. And I didn't intend to get there, but we, we ended talking about little things. For example, my son... He got some new church clothes. He was ready. He was excited. Packed all himself. That's the first mistake. He packed it all himself. We're getting ready for night one of youth convention. He's excited. And all of a sudden he says, I don't see my belt in here. Oh, no. Remember when I told you all the things to pack? I'm sure that was one of the things I mentioned. But what was a little annoyance could have very easily become a major detriment. If the attitude is, oh, there goes the whole week. I know that sounds extreme. Thankfully, that wasn't his attitude, and we were able to adjust and accommodate and just be about 10 minutes late. Lord, help us. Late for being early, not late for the service, understand. But that could have easily turned into, this week is going to be terrible. I have nothing to wear. I probably just need to stay in the hotel all week. Because I can't, I can't go in there in my, my jeans and my tennis shoes and my hoodie. You understand? Little annoyances and their potential to become big problems. Self-control is needed there. Temperance is needed there. Staying cheerful about minor inconveniences. I need the help of the Lord with that. Minor inconveniences and their potential to become big problems. You ever been running just like you're running on time and you think because I'm on time, I could probably fit in something else really quick. The drive through at Starbucks. Really quick. That's not usually really quick. But I'm doing good. I got a couple of minutes extra. I'm just going to swing through. And seven minutes later, you haven't even placed your order yet. This is a, this minor inconvenience is starting to be a big issue. 
Where's my attitude? Where's my temper? Where's my control? Or, (laughs) some of you, I know you'll know what I mean by this. Without the Holy Ghost helping us, somebody could just look at you wrong. And that's now a, a small inconvenience, a minor annoyance. I'm, I'm greeting this person. How you doing, brother? And that person back there is just staring at me. I can't even focus on this one because of the way that one's looking at me. Why are you standing like that? That's what I'm wanting to say on the inside. Without the Holy Ghost, that's what I said. Without the Holy Ghost, we get here. But the Holy Ghost will put his arm around you and say, Brother, practice some temperance. Let him see some self-control. Let him see the Holy Ghost in you. Don't let that minor inconvenience or small annoyance become a big problem. We need to be trained to tolerate small annoyances, little discomforts, or emotional offenses. We need to be trained. We, 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 gotta, we need the help of the Lord. And you probably heard this before. If you need patience and you pray for patience, expect your patience to be tried. I won't know if I have it until I need it. I need it. We need it. But you only get it through trial. I need temperance. I need this. And then this, I really like the way that it says this, about how I'm expressing these things. These feelings, these irritations, these small little problems, they get vented, they get bigger, they increase if you let them out the wrong way. But they decrease with self-control. I don't have to address every single thing that's bothering me all the time. I'm going to try to, I want to share something with you just quickly. I've got it in a different set of notes from a different day, but I felt the Lord impart this to me. Just because I'm praying that there be no fear doesn't mean that I'm a fearful person. Just because if I go to pray for somebody else and I'm praying, Lord, give them wisdom. Don't interpret that to say elder thinks I'm dumb. I'm not praying that the Lord gives you wisdom because of anything to do with your abilities. I want it to be his. His spirit, his abilities. We were... (laughs) We were getting ready to travel one day, and we were praying for our trip. And I, in our prayer, I said, Lord, please let this car run right. And I ended the prayer, and my wife said, what's wrong with the car? I said, nothing as long as I know, and I hope it stays that way. I'm not, I'm not praying because I'm worried. I'm praying to exercise faith. It's the same thing with temperance and self-control. I don't, I don't wake up and say, Lord, please don't let me have a bad attitude today because I'm expecting to have a bad attitude and things to go wrong. You see, it's not a negative mindset. It's, Lord, if things get negative, you be there too, please, and help me. We talked about that scripture being meat for the master's use and being prepared for every good work. The Lord has given you the job of keeping yourself ready for whatever special work he wants to do through you. He gives you that responsibility. Keep yourself prepared. Keep yourself ready. I mentioned this a a while back. Guard yourself. Save yourselves from this untoward generation. Guard, keep, preserve yourself. The Lord expects us to do that. 
and be available for his service. I got one more scripture I want us to read. Matthew 21, verse 18. Matthew chapter 21, verse 18. Somebody say available. Somebody say purpose. I've got to be available for my purpose. Matthew 21, 18 says, Now in the morning, as he returned into the city, he was hungered. That's the Lord Jesus Christ. He got hungry. And when he saw a fig tree in the way, he said, good, I don't have to stay hungry. There's a fig tree there that can feed me. When he saw a fig tree in the way, he came to it and found nothing thereon but leaves only. That's a key phrase right there. You probably know this growing up in and around Yakima. When the leaves are, an in, are there, they're an indication of the fruit that's supposed to be there. Okay? We don't go in mid-February, there's not even a leaf on the tree, and think, where's all the apples? No, this is not apple season. But when it starts to grow, starts to produce, he saw the leaves and he thought, it's got leaves, it should have fruit. He came to it, he found nothing thereon but leaves only. He said unto it, let no fruit grow on thee, henceforward forever. And presently, that means straight away, the fig tree withered away. Next verse. And when the disciples saw it, they marveled, saying, How soon is this fig tree withered away? You see how fast that took place. The tree was not prepared for its good work. Maybe it thought, I got a few more weeks, I got a few more months before the king passes through here, and I'm working on preparing. It's just a slow, slow process. The problem with, with that is, when the Lord wants to use it, if it's not available, you see what he did to the tree. I'm not giving you any more time. I'm hungry now. You can't meet my need now. You're not going to meet anybody else's need ever again. He cursed it and it withered away. Because it wasn't available for the service for which he created it. Somebody say, he created me. The Lord created us. With purpose. Somebody say, with purpose. He created me with a purpose. And if I am not fulfilling that purpose, he's got to be wondering, why did I create this? Is it going to get along? Is it going to grow? Is it going to produce? Now, he's faithful. He's long-suffering. He's merciful. And thank the Lord for that. But he is in no way obligated to stay long-suffering and merciful Forever and ever and ever. In fact, the last bit of mercy he showed me could be the last mercy he showed me. He cursed the fig tree when it wasn't ready to produce and fulfill the purpose for which it was created. Would you pray just for a moment and ask the Lord, God, show me why I am created. Lord, teach me. Show me your ways of why you made me. You put me here on this earth, Lord Jesus, to serve a function in your kingdom. God, I'm not just here drowning and trying to be saved on my own, Lord, but I am saved for a purpose. I am created for a purpose. Jesus, you made each one of us. You designed each one of us. You gave us the abilities, the talents, God, to fulfill the purpose that you created us to do. I want to know that purpose. I heard this, this saying. This is from Brother Tom Barnes, T.W. Barnes. And he said, anything that won't fulfill 
its creative purpose has no reason to exist. Say that again. Anything that won't fulfill its creative purpose, the reason why it was created, has no reason to exist. This is about the strangest example I can think of right now, but the Lord just quickened it to my, to my spirit. I've never played the game Minecraft. I've watched my kids play it. I've seen how they create worlds and they do all these things and they'll build, dig tunnels and they'll build houses and towers. They're, they're, they're creating. What they do is they create one world. Maybe they put a farm out there. Gets them to use their, you know, the creative mind and their thinking that way. It's not evil. Don't worry. There's no graphic images on there. So I'm watching what they're playing. But they make a world, and then they decide, I think I can do better than that. I'm going to create another one. And especially the young ones, sometimes when they wanted to play, they'd, will you, will you get me on this world? And I, I go and I'm looking through, and well, they created this one last week, and this one two weeks ago, and this one three. What they're doing is they're just storing up worlds that they created that they're never going to use again. What was the purpose of that one? Well, it was good for that day. You know, I had fun, and then I learned you could do this, so I tried again and did it differently. The Lord created you and me for a purpose, for a reason. Many of us, not all of us, I'm aware, but many of us, the Lord started dealing with us early in life about our purposes. We were, some of us were children, taken to church, taken to Sunday school, taught from the beginning, God created you. Others of us came along later in life, teenage years or adult years. But the, then we started to realize and know, I'm here for a reason. The Lord created me for a reason. I don't know where we get this idea that He's obligated to let me live my life. He's obligated to let me do my thing. I, I, I don't have a problem with the, the asking kids what do they want to be when they grow up. I'm fine. It allows them to express their, you know, their creativity and all that and think. But I, I, I start to get a little bit of a problem when they're not just little anymore and they're growing, they're teenagers or they're young adults and we're still saying, what do you want to be when you grow up? I'm not trying to be critical. Please understand. I'm, we have to get the understanding that God created us for a reason and for a purpose. And if I am not going to fulfill that purpose, I can't say, but you still got to keep me here. You got to let me do my thing. I was praying about this as the Lord was dealing with me about this, and He brought a friend of mine to my mind, someone I knew in my childhood. He had essentially the same upbringing that I did in Sunday school, in Bible quizzing, and and going to church, in worship, music ministry, and all those things. He had the same upbringing that I did. But somewhere around our early teenage years, our paths started to divert. My family took us one direction. His family took them a different direction. And I stayed in contact with him as much as I could throughout the years. Check up on him every few years. What you doing? How you doing? How's it going? Well, I'm doing this now, and I'm going to, I'm thinking I'm going to move across the country over here and try this for a little while. And then, yeah, I, I, you know, I got a few kids here, and I got this one, and, and, and I'm not I'm building a family or anything, but, you know, I'm just living my life, and I'm, I, I'm going along, and I'm trying to explore and see what I can do. If I could... In a situation like that, I would love to ask, are you fulfilling your creative purpose? You know, you know just like I do that the Lord created you for a reason and it wasn't just to go out and explore and live life and do all the stuff you want to try before you die. 
That is not the reason. Now, sadly, he's not with us anymore. And I was, as I was praying about this, these words came back to my mind. Anything that won't fulfill its creative purpose has no reason to exist. Would you stand with me? I can't get it in, in my attitude and in my spirit to say, well, maybe in my 40s, maybe in my 30s, maybe in my 20s, maybe in my 60s or 70s. The scripture says no man is promised tomorrow. When I hear that, what I, what I hear is the Lord is not obligated to give me tomorrow. We, we, we have this idea somewhere that, well, my, my parents bought a house when they were in this age, so I'm going to try to do that or better. I'm not against goals, and I'm not against future and planning and being responsible and all that. Please understand. But I am also not, I am against living like I've got forever to accomplish this. Or I don't have to deal with that yet. I'll get that straightened out somewhere down the line, some point in the future, when things are looking better for me. No, you were created for a purpose. You were created for a reason. You, say me, I was put here on this earth by God, and only He knows the extent of my purpose. Only he knows the full extent. Just like he knows, as the scripture says, it's appointed unto man once to die. He knows when that appointment is for me and for you. I don't know it and you don't know it. But he knows up until this appointment, I would like to use this young man, this woman, this lady. I would like to use them in this way. Whether or not they do is up to them. I don't create fig trees for the design of just producing leaves and no figs. And I don't create a human being just for the reason of living through life and marking off years on the calendar. I create them for a purpose. Will you pray with me? I'm opening this altar right now. I'm going to ask you if you would find a place to pray and talk to the master, talk to the creator. He's the one that made each one of us. He's also the savior, you know. He saved you. He saved me. Lord, what is the purpose? What is the calling? What is the will of God for my life? Lord, I don't believe it's just to wake up and go about a day with no meaning. I don't believe it's just to continue to check off days on a calendar, Lord, to say I made it through another day. God, but I know you put your spirit inside of us for a reason. God, I know that you saved us from that sinful life for a reason. God, you would put us on a path of preparation. God, you would put us on a path of making ready to be meat for your use, to be available for you to use. God, you can work through me. I want to be easy for you to use, God. I want to be easy for you to operate, Father. God, I don't want there to be hindrances in my life or things around me, God, that make it a challenge for you to get through, that make it a challenge for your voice to speak into my life, God. But I want to be ready. I want to be ready for you to use, Lord. When you speak, when you call me, Father, when you instruct me, Lord Jesus, I want to be listening. I want to be able to follow. I want to be able to be led by you. Prepare me, God. Prepare me, God. 
whatever work you have to do in my life, God, I'm asking you that you would do it. Whatever men and women you've got to bring into my life, God, whatever voices you've got to use to speak into my life, Lord, I'm asking you, please prepare me. Lord, please let me be ready. Let me be available for you, Lord Jesus. I lay my life down right now, God, as you, as you instructed us, Father. If any man will come after me, he's got to take up his cross. He's got to be willing to die. He's got to put his own will to death and take up my will. He's got to follow after my voice, my instruction, my leading. Come on, when you're done praying, prepare me. Now pray, lead me. Lead me. Father, lead me. Take me by the hand, God. Lead me throughout my days, oh God. Lead me throughout my weeks, Lord Jesus. God, you already know where I'm going tomorrow. You already know what this week looks like for me. God, I want it to match your plan. I want my time to match your plan. God, I want my instruction to come from you in the name of Jesus.
you can use anything, Lord. You can use me. Take my hands, Lord. Take my feet. Touch my heart, Lord. Speak to me. If you can use anything, Lord, use me. for your spirit of deliverance here today. Thank you, Jesus, for your ministry to our hearts, to our lives this morning. When you hear the word of the Lord, Jesus, and allow it to find good ground in our hearts, help us, God, to be hearers of the word and doers. In Jesus' name, in Jesus' name, in Jesus' name. Jesus, 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 Jesus. The thought that comes to my mind this morning is that life is is but a vapor. It's but a vapor. But eternity is forever. And I think we need a I think we need a renewed revelation of eternity some of us may live to be 70 or 80 or 90 or 100 if we're really lucky or unlucky (laughs) but others we see it every day others their life is an even shorter vapor some it's 30 years some it's 40 years regardless of how short our life is here each of us are going to live in eternity and the decisions that we make here are what determine where we're going to live in eternity and heaven's still real and hell is also (laughs) and I I desperate and longing to spend eternity in heaven to spend eternity with the Lord and there's no there's no plan B for me (laughs) there's no there's no question of me doing some 
just living my life however I want here and running the risk of spending eternity in hell. It's not worth it. A, a season of, of pleasure, season of, of enjoyment in this life, seasons of sin, even one day of sin is not worth eternity. Man, can we, can we pray just one more time this morning? I feel the Lord is just dealing with us here. Father, I pray that you would arrest our hearts this morning. God, I pray that you'd give us revelation and understanding of eternity. God, I pray that we would wake up this morning. Wake us up, God. In the name of Jesus, I pray there would be a course correction today. Jesus, that we would make up our minds today that we are changing direction, that there be a spirit of repentance here, God, that would turn from any wicked way, that would decide today who we will serve. We decide today who we will serve. We're not serving the God of this world or the lust of our flesh any longer. Jesus, but we serve you who's bought us with the price. You paid the price for us with your life. Jesus, you've shed your blood and it still works today to cover our sin. It still works today to free us from the grips of death. In the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. I think it's okay if we linger for just a moment. It's eternity we're talking about. I think we can linger for just a moment. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. I pray, God, that the love of God would grip our hearts today. There is no fear. There is no fear in love. Your perfect love, Jesus, cast out all fear. In the name of Jesus, your perfect love, Father, cast out all fear. I lose the love of God this morning. I lose your love, Jesus, upon the hearts and the minds and the spirits of every person that is in this room. Jesus, that we not leave this place without the love of God. That we not leave this place, Jesus, without being arrested by the love of God. True love, Jesus, that is reaching us. True love that is drawing us. Hallelujah. God, your love wants to have a relationship with each and every one of us here today. Your love, God, wants to know each person in this room. Hallelujah. Your love wants to save. Your love wants to deliver. Your love wants to restore. In the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus. Thank you for your love, God. Thank you for your love. Thank you for your love, Jesus. Thank you for your love, Jesus. Thank you for your spirit. Thank you for your word. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Jesus.
don't leave here today and leave what you've heard here and let let this word and and decide in in your mind and your spirit throughout this week to allow this word to just stir in your mind and your spirit meditate on it and make that conscious decision to meditate on the word of god and allow it to just germinate in you and see what see what the lord will continue to speak to you throughout this week amen this word is not just for today it's it's going to carry you amen god bless you all and uh, we'll see you here for those of you that want to continue to receive from the word of the lord we'll see you here yes yeah we'll see you here on tuesday night seven o'clock um, and then the, also those um, would like to support uh, brother matt and sister ruby there'll be a baby shower here next saturday at two o'clock so yeah be here bring some diapers <laughs> i hear they're wanting to receive so Man, God bless you and have a blessed day.